Hey, welcome to episode number seven of our Between Sermons podcast as we are continuing the conversation from our sermon on Sunday. Now, you, you don't have to be a part of a church or even have listened to the sermon to get something out of the conversation that we're going to have today. But if you want to get more of this or you want to go a little bit deeper into the subject matter we're going to talk about today, uh, there will be a link in the show notes for uh, Sunday's message. Uh, we wrapped up a series uh, called I'm Tired of This Place, uh, and on Sunday we really looked at uh, being stuck in an emotional place, that you're just tired of feeling the way that you've been feeling. Uh, and so today I have a very special guest. Kristen Scott is with me. Hello. hello. Welcome. So glad, glad you're here. To be here. Yes. Yeah, so you're fairly new to the team. You've been around for about six months, yep. not quite, yeah. maybe a little bit more, something, yeah. something like that, uh, as our creative director. Mm-hmm. So usually you're not on this side of a camera, usually on the other side. So hopefully you're not too nervous. I'm not. Good. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're going to have a great conversation today about feelings, emotions, and uh, I partially feel completely inadequate to have this conversation because admittedly my my EQ uh, was really, really low. It's, it's been improving. I've, mm-hmm. I've been emphasizing it in my life. I'm yeah. working on that. But uh, I wanted to have you on today because uh, when we first met, I just got this sense from you that your EQ was, was pretty high. Would you would you agree with that or am I? Am I mean, I off? explain EQ. So emotional quotient. So it, it's a uh, quotient. So okay. it's it's this idea of you have people have IQ and EQ. Okay. Uh, so uh, somebody with a high EQ is somebody that can uh, read a room really well, can process mm-hmm. their own emotions re- yeah. w- really well, but even help others kind of identify. Okay, they said that because of this feeling or this this is what drove that. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, I would agree. Yeah. That that's definitely something I'm capable of doing. Um, I, I, when I think back just in my life, there have been times where I would say that I didn't have, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, maybe let me say that I didn't, um, have a good hold on my own, Okay. but I think as soon as I figured out my own emotions, okay. you know, counseling and talking things through and really digging deep, I was able to kind of manage that. Yeah. Okay. This, I don't take offense because this person is really, it's more of an emotional thing, something yeah. within versus it being like projected onto me. So, yeah. Um, yeah, reading a room, that's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, quiet, the quieter you are, the more you learn, you pick yep. up on things in the room. See, that's, that's one of the things that I think connected us immediately is the fact that we're both uh, pretty strong introverts. Yeah. Uh, and introverts, we, we are known for just watching. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's very, you absorb, you're just taking in. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be interacting with everybody to be a part of it, you know, because watching is being a part oh, of it. I'm a part of it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you said something already that, that I love that I wanted to highlight. You said, um, <clears throat> you know, through counseling. Mm-hmm. And... For some reason, in the church setting for, for years, counseling was almost like a dirty word um, because I, I think, and, and, and maybe this is just my, my personal experience, but kind of came across a lot of Christians that were on one of two extremes when it comes to this uh, mental health and emotional health conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the two con- extremes would be like, um, uh, wh- what is it, uh, Elsa in Frozen that says, yeah. conceal, don't feel, mm-hmm. uh, right? So it's like uh, the one side of it is we don't have emotions here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we bottle that up. You know, Jesus is Lord. Uh, God is good. And so I don't have to feel the feelings because I can just bottle that up, put that yeah. aside, focus on Jesus. And then there's kind of this other side that is like, I just, I'm feeling all the feelings all the time. And, you know, this is just who I am. And so you got to deal with my bad feelings. And Mm -hmm. it just kind of, both extremes are so unhealthy. 
Uh, but I, I feel like neither extreme really embraces the idea that, hey, there's a spiritual component to this, yes, Definitely. but there's also a physiological component to this. Yeah. And, and there's something that you, you do have to talk out and having a counselor, having a therapist, having a, a doctor in your life that can help navigate some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. When you combine that with the spirit of God, Absolutely. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. I remember when my, my father died back in May 2006. Okay. He was my absolute best friend. Wow. We are, I am, I don't believe in reincarnation, but I believe I am my father in the earth. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like personality. I just look like Twins. a girl. Yeah, I just look like the, I'm the girl version of my dad. Um, when I lost him, it, I experienced emotions within me that I had no idea mm -hmm. um, that I could feel. And I didn't do any type of counseling or, or whatever, mm -hmm. but I got into a relationship right after without really processing those emotions. And it was almost like I was looking for my dad again. Mm. Um, and that, that marriage ended up, you know, failing and it wasn't until 2014. So there's an eight year span, yeah. you know, at post divorce when I finally decided to go into counseling and like, I kind of, and I also kind of did it in private and secret, like you're saying that there was this yeah. taboo thing. Um, I remember being told by a leader, a church leader that, um, God will help my depression. True. Mm -hmm. He can. Yeah. Um, but he's also gifted people in the medical field to help us. Exactly. <laughs> Thank depression. you. Yeah. And so, um, in 2014, when I did do the I went for divorce counseling, but mm -hmm. it, it went all the way back to not yeah. taking care of grief. And I learned that I really struggle with authority and abandonment. And so now whenever I go into, I can't say that it's completely gone, yeah. but now when I go into a situation and I feel certain emotions, I'm like, okay, that's not, this isn't the other person. Right. This is something that I've identified within myself yeah. um, that I just need to, to, you know, consider. Yeah. Well, good for you for, for identifying it, yeah. recognizing it, and taking that step that you needed. Was, yep. was there anything that kind of, was there somebody in your life that was like, hey, th this would be good for you? Or was it just you woke up one day and you're like, I, I need to get some help? Um, it was twofold. So I re at the, the, um, the job that I was at at the time when I was getting divorced, they offered free. That okay. was a part of like insurance. You mm -hmm. can go to therapy for free. But the church that I was going to at the time um, when I was lived in Ohio the pastor, um, you know, he mentioned it and he was, I could tell that he was really trying to pastor me and mm -hmm. be there for me. But again, the whole authority, yeah. the whole authority thing I was pushing away. So, um, I recognized like the love that was in him that was drawing me, but it was like this other little fight yeah. that I was kind of pushing back. So between those two things and, people at work saying, Hey, you know, take advantage of the counseling. Um, I was able to, and so it was twofold. So it was work and then mm -hmm. also, um, church leader, spiritual leader. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's so vital to have the right people in your life mm -hmm. that can encourage you into some things that maybe, maybe the rest of the world is a little bit more, it's more of a stigma. It's more yeah. of a, you know, kind of a, a, a taboo subject. Mm -hmm. Uh, but to be able to be in a place that's healthy enough to say, Hey, no, this is, this is real. Uh, and, and honestly, the, the idea that God only works in one way right. is so silly to me. 
Like, I mean, he's the creator of the universe. If, if he wants to use a, a doctor to bring healing to Absolutely. your life, that's just as valid as him just snapping his finger and, and molecules change and you're healed. Like, I, I think it works. I mean, it's a miracle either way. And it's, yeah. it's the gift of God either way. Um, I think if we permit God to, or excuse me, permit doctors to crack our chests open to restore a physical heart. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we trust them with that. Yep that why can't we sit with somebody who has experience says, Hey, let's talk through your emotions or talk through your feelings. Let's see, maybe it is a chemical imbalance. Let's see what we can do to resolve this. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. I I love that analogy, even of, of the, the medical doctor cracking open your chest, working on your physical heart. Yeah. Uh, but having a professional that can work on your spiritual heart, your emotional heart Mm -hmm. that can, that can help in that area. Mm -hmm. I mean, when, when you've got a good medical doctor, you've got a good pastor, you got a good counselor, like you're set up for success. Like you've got somebody working on all of it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Uh, so on Sunday, one of the things that I, I really love that, that Pastor Chris did in the message was she brought out kind of all of these random examples of emotion and people in the Bible that mm-hmm. are dealing with their emotions yeah. in different ways. Uh, and, and what's cool is that the Bible really is filled with real people. Mm-hmm. Like if, if the Bible was written by anybody other than God, everybody would be a superhero. Like everybody would be perfect. Nobody would ever have any problems. But it, it was God used real people. Uh, and, and what I love about that is that we get a glimpse into depression. Yeah. We get a glimpse into uh, jealousy. We get a glimpse into hatred and anger and, and all of the extreme emotions. We, we get to see it lived out in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes it's examples of the wrong way to do it. Uh, and sometimes it's examples of the right way to, to process through. Uh, and so uh, kind of bringing all that up, I'm, I'm curious if you've got like a go-to. Like, is, is there a Bible verse or is there a Bible character that, like, when you think of emotional health, you're like, this this is my example or this is, this is what I go to for encouragement? I can't say that there's just one, um, <laughs> but the one, one that comes to mind is Hannah. Okay. Uh, Samuel's mother. I just remember the what she did. She took all of her emotions, mm-hmm. all of her everything that was in her knowing that she, you know, she wanted a child and she took it. She's in the presence of the King. He thought she was drunk. You know, I have been in moments where I, all I could do was make noise and cry, you know, at the King's feet and for the King to respond, you know? Um, And then of course she eventually had, had Samuel, but you know, he granted a request. I think that, I probably identify with that. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? I think David, of course. David yeah. was a mess all yeah. over, but he was a man after God's own heart. Yep. So, Which should tell you something about dealing with emotion and yeah. feelings and expressing all of that to God, not trying to hide it from yeah. God. I mean, why do we hide things from God anyways? It's like he kind of knows. He did unthinkable stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. like this could only happen in the Bible. Somebody, you know, people would be in prison if, yeah, if, yeah. He did, if somebody did that nowadays. But for him to still have a, a heart after God and for God to respond to that, yeah. not necessarily his actions, his feelings, but David always turned his heart back. His heart was postured towards God. Yeah. I think that if I can keep that in the form for, for myself, yeah. um, David's a, 
Yeah, that that, that one's mine. Uh, yeah. Honestly, and and I'll I'll boil it down to just the the one verse where it says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like like for me, anytime my emotions are are getting in, into a an unhealthy place, I, th- I think we'll put it because n- no emotion is necessarily a bad emotion or a good emotion. They're they're just indicators of what's going on in your life and how mm-hmm. you're processing. But we can allow emotions to get the better of us, and yeah. we can allow them to kind of run loose. Uh, and so I I love what what David did in that moment. He's feeling a lot of feelings. He's he's feeling betrayed. He's feeling angry. He's feeling heartbroken. He's he's afraid. Uh, you know, he's just lost everything. His own men are turning on him. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, as somebody that's in leadership, just the thought of the people that I'm trying to lead turning on me and man, that's just he he had to have been in a emotionally intense place. Uh, and it says that he strengthened himself in the Lord. Uh, and and I want to have that posture that that. Um, I don't need God to show up first. I'm going to go to him first. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's it's not that I'm going to sit around waiting for him to just make all of this better. I'm going to mm-hmm. pursue him. Uh, and sometimes I just got to wake up in the morning and pull out my Bible and put on some worship music mm-hmm. and strengthen myself in the Lord. Absolutely. Not to negate the need for counseling or right. or anything else, but just to say, look, this is my starting point. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to get as close to God as I can. Uh, because uh, that's the we kind of have flirted with this a little bit, but it's this idea that <clears throat> how do I, how do I articulate this? That that feelings uh, I think the quote is feelings make uh, terrible servants or terrible masters, but wonderful servants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's the idea that your your emotions, your feelings are supposed to be indicators for for things in your mm-hmm. life. But the moment we let them control us, the the moment we let them be the master, yeah. that's when everything falls apart. That's when the danger is. Have, have you seen that in your own life? Have you seen that in people that you're leading or the people you're around where it's like, oh, man, I let that emotion take driver's seat? Well, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. So <laughs> I'll always throw myself, <laughs> myself under the bus. I just, if I look back at... I know this is probably just more so funny, but I remember this one time that I had, um, I had allowed anger to, you know, show up. Mm -hmm. It was, I was 12, I think. Okay. And we'd got, I got in a free Walkman from Sam's Club with a a microwave purchase. All right. (laughs) And I remember it stopped working and I, I still, to this day, there's only maybe two times in my life where anger actually was expressed. Okay. I got mad at this Walkman for not working, and I stomped it to, like, stomped it to pieces. And I just remember. That's intense. Yes. I, I, it, it, I remember looking at it like, I'm going to have to tell my mom about this. <laughs> I, oh, no, I, I messed this up. Um. So that's, like, that's my funny reminder, like, not to – don't don't stomp the walkman don't don't go nuts just because something's not working or something's not going your way don't and so i that's 38 years old i'm always going back to the 12 year old that went nuts on a piece of something just because my my emotions were out of control and another time um where my feelings i was in i was in an abusive marriage and i was coming to the end of it and I remember saying to God, so I was including him in this. Yeah. I remember saying to God that if this X happens again, if he puts his hands on me again, um, one of us is going to die and I'm okay with, I'm okay with it being me. 
Wow. Um, that was like my indicator. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, your feelings. You, you this is a this is a, that's not gotta, a good place to yeah, be. Yeah, it's not a good place to be with my feelings. So. Um, even though I didn't execute anything, he's yeah. still, he's still living everybody, you know, he's alive and I'm alive. So, um, and that, that happened years ago, but either not way, a true crime podcast, right? Not <laughs> at all. Not at all. But still it was my feelings were, I was laying them out yeah. in front of God. Like, Hey, you, you're gonna have to yeah. do something here. Or, yeah. I mean, that's pretty similar to David's whole, you know, knock out their teeth. Oh God. Like, yeah. Like, I, I think that there's there's something to be said about just fully expressing our emotions, mm-hmm. even when they're not healthy emotions, even mm-hmm. when they're, it's it's not a good place. Yeah. Uh, if, <laughs> and there's there's a big if there, is if you can recognize that it's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, to, to constantly just be expressing emotions that are unhealthy without ever recognizing how unhealthy they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you just kind of go through the cycle of just, well, I'm just going to express it, and I'm going to express it, and I'm going to express it. I'm never going to get help for it. Mm-hmm. never going to fix any of it. I'm just yeah. going to keep expressing it. I think there's a danger there as well. Yeah. Uh, but recognizing that you don't have to hide things from God. At all. And you can just lay it all out on the table and say, hey, this is how I'm really feeling. Uh, and I, I, I've done that several times in my life. It's funny, no, nobody uh, believes me when I say this, but w- when I played uh, football in high school, my, my nickname on the field was Smiley. Uh, so that's what the coaches called me because I never smiled uh, oh, through okay. my entire time in, in high school football. I was I was the kid on the field with a chip on his shoulder. Like I, I wanted to hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. And it was it was like this was the legal way that I could hurt someone uh, without getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. And so uh, <laughs> but that was I, wa- I walked through the, the school just angry, mm-hmm. um, which is funny to, to think of my life now because anger has no place in mm-hmm. anything that I do. Yeah. Uh, so nobody believes it. They're like, but you're always smiling. But back then it was it, it literally I was just I was just angry all the time. Mm-hmm. Some of it came from, um, you know, bullying that happened when I was younger before I had my growth spurt. Uh, and, and there was just I don't know, a lot of just insecurities mm-hmm. that instead of dealing with those emotions of insecurity and all that, instead of dealing with it or, or working through it, I just got angry. Uh, so I'd punch things. I'd hit things. You know, my, my knuckles were almost always scarred mm-hmm. scraped bloodied um and it was just such an unhealthy place to be but i don't I don't think i was until i was 18 19 years old that i started to actually recognize how bad that was mm-hmm. in that season of my life um but yeah it's it's man maybe we can just talk talk about that for a second the the stigma for guys especially yeah. um that that we're not allowed to feel any emotion except for anger like that's, that's, it's the okay one for mm-hmm. guys. Uh, but you can't feel sadness. Like you can't cry. You can't, you know, show any kind of other emotion about anything. If, if you show too much love, you're, you're sappy. Um, you know, if, if you show too much sadness, you're weak. Um, and, and it's so sad that we live in a world where that, that's still prevalent in a lot of cultures it where it's, it's still the thing where, where guys are trained and guys are taught, uh, don't feel the feelings, uh, bottle it up put it aside. Real men don't cry. Real men don't do that. Real men don't do this. Um, and, and doing whatever I can in this stage of my life to teach my kids a different way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard because my, my oldest son is, is such an opposite to me 
where where I grew up not feeling the feelings, he's growing up feeling all of the feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to what we've identified, sometimes it's like in an unhealthy way, and so we're we've got to we got to work with him and talk with him a lot on on getting healthy expression of those mm-hmm. emotions. Uh, but I, I really do want to encourage my kids to to grow up in a in a society where it's okay, it's okay to uh, to recognize emotions in your life. But you got to know what to do with them. Yeah. And, and really, I think that's uh, I would love to get kind of your, your thoughts on when you start feeling those emotions that are, are maybe unhealthy in, in the way you're feeling or, or it's getting too much, whether it be anger or sadness, because, you know, anger can quickly turn to rage. Sadness sure. can quickly turn to depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so while the sadness is not a problem, the depression is. And while the anger isn't always a problem, the rage absolutely sure. is. Uh, and so how, how do you process emotions in a, in a healthy way, in the right way, so they don't, um, like we said before, kind of take over in the driver's seat? Yeah. First, can, if I can back to what you were saying about men expressing yeah. their emotions as women we need men to express yeah. feeling or to have feelings and That's emotions good. because it helps us remember that we're not alone yeah. in all of ours um in all of our expressions and all of our feelings so uh men we need you <laughs> we need that we need that to feel the feelings yeah feel the feelings and express them yes um in healthy ways any yeah. however that however yeah. that looks um Going back to your question, um, I think when I feel the, whether it is the, well, anger, not so much, but I'm probably, because of my family, um, like I believe in breaking generational curses, but I have to be, I have to realize that the depression runs in my family and the okay. women. And so when knowing that and then also believing God that he can that he's a part of this the this as well mm-hmm. when I start to feel the sadness um it's like I get I have to I track patterns for mm-hmm. myself okay so what do I normally do when I start to feel sadness or when it's possibly tipping into uh the depression or seasonal depression yeah um so I'll track my patterns and then I have confidants or I have friends who I will intentionally reach out to like, hey, I might need you to check on me just a little bit more mm-hmm. right now. Um, I'm starting to feel a certain way. I don't yep. know if it's this or if it's this, but based on my patterns and some of my habits, here's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so I need you to, to pray for me, to cover me, yeah. to, you know. Yeah, there, there's there's trends that, that happen. Yes. Sure. You know, when, and when you recognize, okay, these are the emotions that I regularly deal with. Mm-hmm. Here's here's kind of um, uh, the cause and effect. Like when I start feeling that feeling, it affects me in this area. Sure. You know, so for some, it's like when when the sadness starts turning to depression, it's like I used to wake up at 6 a.m. to go to the gym. But anytime I'm starting to battle with depression, I notice I, I skip the gym routine. Right. right. Uh, and so it's it's that's an, uh, an effect that that's caused by mm-hmm. by the, the, the swing. Have, what what does that look like for you? Like what are what are some of the like indicators that that are like my emotion is getting out of control? So like for me personally, while you're thinking about it, like one of my indicators is uh, the patience level I have with my kids. Mm-hmm. Like when when I'm stressed at work or when I'm I'm trapped in an emotion that that's unhealthy a lot of times you know that that could be um just discouragement or whatever um i'll notice that it it i'll keep it together at work but then i get home and my kids will 
push my buttons a little bit easier than on other days. And so like, I'll, I'll have to kind of recognize, oh man, I was, I was really short with my kid. Um, but I don't think I was short with my kid because of what my kid was just doing. There's a, there's a deeper problem going on. And so I'll use that as kind of the indicator of saying, okay, what's going on? What have, what have I been bottling up? What have I not really been dealing with? Uh, because I, I don't want it to spill over into these other areas of my life. I, yeah. I need to deal with it because my kids still need me to be a good dad, even if I'm having a bad day. So, yeah. so it's unique for me because I'm single with no kids. Mm-hmm. So sometimes uh, when I start to feel whatever downward spiral, which into whatever emotion, I can, mm-hmm. I, I'll recognize I'm on my phone too much. Okay. And my my brain will be telling me get off your phone but i just can't i have to keep scrolling i will feel this wrestle inside of me mm-hmm. like put your phone down and the other part of me was like no it's like the good little angel in the <laughs> like no stay yeah. distracted yeah. so there's some there's a reason why there's like maybe maybe it's my spirit is telling me you need to put your phone down and focus yeah. i'll fight that way um the second way is outside of my normal cleaning schedule at home I will start to clean insanely. Okay. So I will grab trash bags and just start throwing things away. Interesting. And so if you ever come to my house on a Tuesday night and it's immaculate, I'm going through. You're something. having a rough yeah. week. <laughs> it's funny because I would I would expect yeah. for a lot of people it's probably the exact the exact opposite, right? right? Like mm-hmm. if the house is a mess, it's probably because my life is a mm-hmm. mess. But for you, if the house yeah. is clean. Immaculate, yeah, <laughs> on a Tuesday. So on Saturdays, that's normal cleaning day. But if it's cleaning on Tuesday, sit down and ask me some questions. Interesting. Um, and then the third thing is spending. Sometimes I'll spend emotionally. And I won't, I won't realize it until the package comes. I'll be like, ooh. Yeah. Thanks for saying that because now yeah. i got to check my Amazon shopping <laughs> I history. Because I, I, I think that I've, I've definitely done that. I, I know I've done that. Mm-hmm. Sol and I, we, we've, we've purchased a big old TV because it was like, man, life sucks right now. Like th- yeah. there's all kinds of issues, but I can watch my shows in, in 4K. Let's, yeah. let's, let's do it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Those are three big things for me. Okay. I, I, I love too what, what you said about um, the phone. Just you're looking for a distraction mm-hmm. because I think ultimately that's what all of these things are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're distractions. Like it's, I, I don't want to deal with this thing. This thing is overwhelming me. So what can I do to distract myself mm-hmm. from it? And if that means scrolling through Instagram, if, if that means, you know, binging a show on Netflix, mm-hmm. if that, whatever that looks like, if that, for some, that, that may be, you know, shopping like crazy. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, it's anything. It's like, I don't want to focus on this thing that's a problem right now. So I'll focus on anything else. Yeah. And so, so we recognize the unhealthy thing. What, what's the healthy thing? What, what's, what's the good thing? So now that we've kind of identified, and I think for everybody listening, their, their indicators are going to be different. Sure. Uh, but you know what they are. Yeah. Like if, if, if you are even moderately self-aware, you know what your indicators are. Uh, and so when those lights start flashing, when, when that, that light comes on, hey, there's, there's check engine, there's, there's trouble. What do you do? How do you bounce back? Oh, Pastor Chris said it on Sunday. Worship. Mm-hmm. That is my my go to. It's been my covering yeah. since I met Christ, eighteen years old in Akron. You, you know, yeah. in Akron, Ohio. Um, it is the one thing that I would say centers me mm-hmm. and stabilizes because I can. Again, I can be quick to. Even when I was in prayer this morning, I I was saying to God, I was. It, I had this hand gesture in front of me. It felt like there were a bunch of pieces and they were like in a whirlwind. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, God, I need you to still all these pieces. Like you, you've got the pieces. I just need you to still them. 
So I, I took some time to worship and I can't, I would probably say maybe two minutes. I was like, Oh God, you did exactly that. While I was focusing on you, you took care of me. Um, so that worship is my biggest thing. And then also accountability. So Mm -hmm. in the natural sense, um, when I, my healthy way, my healthy habit is, Hey, I'm having this problem. I'm going to tell the person I don't want to tell because they're going to hold me accountable to it. Yeah. They're going to check up on me and, and make sure things are, you know, remain good or are getting yeah. better as long as I'm trending up, you know, yeah. that's the, that's the goal. So those are my two big. Yeah. Big I'm, I'm with you on both of those. Uh, I love what pastor Chris said about uh, prayer and worship. Like mm-hmm. she'll pray about her problem and, you know, she can snot all yes. over the floor and have, you know, an intense prayer session, get up and feel the exact same way she did before. Mm-hmm. But she's never experienced a time of worship where she didn't leave changed. Right. And I've, uh, it's the same thing for me. Like I've, I've, uh, you know, it's it's probably shocking to, to hear a pastor say it, but I've had prayer sessions where it's like I was just talking to the wall. Mm-hmm. Like, God, I didn't feel like you were listening to a word that I just said. I've been sitting here talking for 30 minutes and it's like I'm just talking to an empty room. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've never had that moment in worship, right. never had that experience in worship. It's it's like when we put God first, when we exalt him, man, things change. Mm-hmm. And and even if it's not a permanent fix to the problem, it gives me the, the peace and the clarity to be able to actually deal with the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so absolutely worship is right there. For me, the other thing, uh, kind of like what you talked about, is just talking. I process through talking, uh, and so, uh, which is really weird for me because as an introvert, I used to not want to talk at all. Right. Uh, but uh, I've kind of gotten to this place where it's like, okay, if I, if I'm dealing with something, I need I need to express it. I need I need to get it out there. Uh, and so I've got a handful of people that that when I when I'm facing an issue, they're the ones that I go to, mm-hmm. uh, and they're the ones that I'll talk talk through it with. Outside of that, I've got other things that that I'll do. Um, uh, I wish I could say that I work out. Uh, when I'm feeling that, cause I know that that's one of the things that I need to be doing. Uh, and there was a time in my life where I did, like if it was a stressful day or whatever, mm-hmm. I go for a run or, or whatever. Sadly, I'm not in that habit right now. I need to get back into that routine. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, instead of that routine, uh, my other routine is playing video games. Mm-hmm. Like it's just sometimes like, it, it's funny, like my wife will even just look at me and she's like, you, you probably need to go sit on the couch for a little bit. Yeah. Like, and it's just, it's one of those things where I can, I can turn off the part of my brain that's that's struggling and just for a moment. Now there's a really unhealthy thing that some people do where they'll, they'll go to that video game for way too long. Mm -hmm. uh, And that's the only outlet that they'll have. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that just becomes a coping mechanism that just becomes a a distraction. Uh, But if, if it's like for an hour, I just need, okay, I need to shut this off for one hour, play that video game, turn it off and then go talk about it. Uh, And that's for me, that's, that's the process. Like, okay, go to worship, use something as a distraction, maybe watch a show, you know, play a game with my family, play a video game, do whatever, then talk it out. Right. Uh, and I need that, that talk it out just to be able to feel like, okay, I know what the problem is. I know what the solution is. Yeah. I need help getting there because it's not easy, um, but at least I know a direction I need to run mm-hmm. in. Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> okay. So, I had one kind of final thought, uh, and then uh, I want to see if you've got anything to add as well. Um, I was listening to uh, a Chris Hodges message uh, a few days ago uh, based off of the book that he wrote a couple years ago, Out of the Cave. Uh, so if you're battling with depression, highly recommend the book. It's, a, it's an amazing book. Uh, but he talks about um, in, in both scripture, and he uses Elijah's story 
It's where Out of the Cave comes from. So Elijah has actually Pastor Chris talked talked on it yeah. uh, on Sunday, but Elijah has this amazing moment. God shows up, miracles happen, and then he gets afraid of of the repercussions of that. Goes into a deep depression, wants to die, yeah. uh, goes off in hiding. Uh, I love that God restores him by giving him a snack and tell him to take a nap. Yeah. Like, that's just, come on, Jesus. Like, God just loves us so much. He Sometimes does. he gives us a snack it and tells us to take works. a nap. Like, it's it just, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, take a nap, get a snack, <laughs> move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife said that she has the spirit of Elijah on yeah. her because of that. But um, uh, so then he is finally able to come out of the cave. But <clears throat> in, in talking about that, so scripture describes it and psychology describes it now, uh, that there is uh, the right way to build our emotions. Uh, that it, it's it's kind of like building a house that you have to have a strong foundation, uh, then you have to have the support structure, mm-hmm. and then you get to decorate it. Yeah. Uh, and and each of those elements are present in how we process emotions and how we deal with those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for for that foundation, it really starts relationally. Uh, that the strongest foundation for our emotions is built on having healthy relationships uh, and being connected to people. Uh, and so, like for me, I know that when when those relationships are being attacked, that's when my emotions have the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I isolate, that's when my emotions cause the biggest damage. Um, it's, it's like if, if I'm feeling sadness and I isolate, that sadness will turn to depression. Mm-hmm. If I'm feeling angry and I isolate, that'll turn into rage. Uh, if, if I'm feeling jealousy, man, and I isolate, that thing just gets out of control and it'll put me in a, a horrible cycle. Uh, and so isolation is is the most dangerous thing, I think, when, when any of us are feeling any of the feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, isolation is bad. Uh, the, the sad part is, the danger is that for a lot of people, they're feeling the feelings because they're isolated um, and not by choice. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you know, I used to go to this person. That person betrayed me. Uh, I used to go to this person. Uh, you know, y- you went through an ugly divorce. Yeah. It's, it's like, what do you do when when the what's supposed to be the strong foundation has all of a sudden it's gotten cracks in it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so as, as we kind of talk through each of these building components, I want to just settle right there for a second. When building that strong foundation on connectedness and relationship, what have you found to be kind of a, uh, I don't know, your, your method that that's helped you, uh, you've moved around a few times mm-hmm. to places where you had no connection, no right. relationship. So you get to a new city and you're like, okay, I need, I need a foundation. I mm-hmm. need a, I need a, a connect. What, what do you, what do you do? Um, so my pastor in Ohio used to, he ingrained in us, uh, his name's Mike Pelkey. He said, life moves at the speed of relationships. Mm-hmm. So that being in my head, everywhere that I go, I, I know that the right relationships will move me forward and then I also know that the not so good relationships can keep me stuck so the goal is to always be in right relationship with the right people mm-hmm. um and so even moving to a new city um I'm a, I'm I have a slower pace when it comes to building relationships mm-hmm. but I which is typical for an introvert sure yeah. sure so what I'll do is Um, when I recognize maybe, okay, maybe this is a person that could be a part of, I I don't, maybe a tribe, I guess we'll say tribe. I'll, it's almost like I give them a morsel. Uh Okay. Test the waters. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see what you do with this. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll see if they reciprocate and give me a piece of theirs. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, that's not, it's not always that it's going to be a, a two way. Sometimes it's, I'm, they're there, they're in my life to pour into me. Yeah. And sometimes we pour into each other and sometimes I'm there to pour. Yeah. So it's determining what type of relationship that is. Mm-hmm. But 
let me see what you do with this morsel. Mm-hmm. Okay, you handled that well. Let me give you a couple more pieces. Yeah. Let me see what you do with this. And then it slowly as it slowly starts to build on that, like how you handle little my the little the little parts yeah. of me. So that's my found that's my firm my my foundation for how yeah. to to build relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Take it kind of one one little step at a time. One step at a time. Kind of don't don't just vomit emotion onto yeah. somebody that you just met. Not Probably not a healthy way to go about. No, you'll turn people away that <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Especially guys. <laughs> right. I, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think the one of the <clears throat> one of the dangers with uh, with COVID that happened was the social distancing. Mm was this isolation for people and it, it really damaged the connectedness mm. uh, for a lot of relationships. And so now, you know, a few years out of this thing, you know, trying to rebuild the, those relationships, rebuild that connectedness. Uh, I think a lot of people have, have kind of not taken that step yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of people that are still just in a virtual world uh, and they haven't allowed people into their life mm-hmm. in, in, in a way that's healthy. Uh, and so you may be listening to this right now and, and you're kind of in this place where emotions are getting out of control uh, and you're getting into a, a dangerous place. And it is because you haven't reconnected. Uh, and it's, I think it's past time for, mm-hmm. for some people to reconnect. And I know that can be a scary process, especially if you're in a new place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the, the danger of not doing it far outweighs the dangers of, Absolutely. you know, putting yourself out there. And so I definitely want to encourage you. The foundation for healthy, strong emotions is, is to have connectedness, mm-hmm. uh, have relationships. So then we put up the walls and Chris Hodges breaks it down as, uh, you know, the walls in the house are built off of purpose and routine. Uh, and I love that because for me personally, um, purpose is my drive. Uh, it, it's the thing that gets me up in the morning. It's, it's the thing that I can, I can feel like I'm running into a brick wall a million times in a row, but as long as I know that there's a purpose behind it, mm-hmm. I'll keep running. Mm-hmm. Um, and so usually for me, when, when I start feeling, uh, depression or, or discouragement or, or any other emotion start to kind of creep into that driver's seat, uh, when I'm reminded of purpose, it puts me in a healthier place. Uh, it's kind of like my, my wife and I, we, we joke about the fact that we can go through any kind of marital problem mm-hmm. uh, and come out fine because we both know we're supposed to be together. Like the, the miracles that God worked just to bring us together, uh, to keep us together, to, to bring us into the same country. Like there's just so many things that it was like God's hand was on it here, 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 and here yeah. uh, that we've gotten to this place where it's like, man, we could face anything. And because we know we're supposed to be together, we can face yeah. it. So for me, like as a pastor... I can face any kind of opposition, any kind of discouragement, any kind of problem in pastoring because it ain't easy. Um, right. And and I can still come out on top because I, I know this is what God's purpose, called me yeah. to. I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when you can lead in a place of purpose, um, I think it does help you have stronger uh, emotional skills mm-hmm. for how to deal with things, how to process things. Definitely. For somebody that maybe maybe they're they're working in a field or they're doing something and they're like, I'm just paying the bills. Like I know this isn't my purpose. I'm just trying to survive. What would you say to them to try and encourage them to find purpose? And and it's it's interesting because I don't think a lot of people would put you know this emotional conversation into the realm mm-hmm. of purpose, but they really are connected uh, a lot of times when people lose their sense of purpose that's when suicide comes into play um, so how do you how do you help somebody find purpose um, one I think you can look at just natural giftings mm-hmm. uh, you can look at a natural lean things that things that you love 
And it can, it can also go back to just like the, the people that you're surrounded by. I remember thinking that I wasn't living in purpose. Mm-hmm. I was working for telecommunications. Okay. Just at the phone company, clocking mm-hmm. in, clocking out, hated it. Uh, <laughs> and I was on the other side of a cubicle was somebody new. And years later, this is, this is a decade after the, the company dissolved the, you know, the, the department we were working in. And I was working actually in full-time ministry in Ohio. A woman started coming to the church who had worked on the other side of the cubicle. And she said, it was the conversations with you. Wow. That encouraged me. And she stuck, she stayed at the church because I was there and then yeah. I had years prior and I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'm clocking in, yeah. hating the job, but I'm having conversations that are helping build her faith. Yeah. And so I think we sometimes purpose can be so big in our heads mm-hmm. and we could think that it's something massive and that it's unattainable in, in certain aspects. If, if we can do it without God, yeah. it's, you know maybe not calling, <laughs> you know, if we can accomplish it without God's help, yeah. but like day to day purpose, it's not big or massive. It's in the mundane. It's in, it's in playing the, the quality time with kids. Mm-hmm. It is, you know what? I haven't called my friend that lives in another yep. state in a little while. Um, and it'll just even years now, just ha- being a, being healthy and healthy relationships. Yeah. It's friends realizing or coming back and saying, thank you for that time when you showed up. Yeah. So I think that is a part of my purpose. Not necessarily this, you know, yeah, this yeah. big, massive thing. I think little the in the mundane is where we are most effective. Yep. When, when God can use you wherever you are and yeah. whatever you're doing. Uh, it's it's perfect. I, we call this podcast Between Sermons, and our next sermon is on uh, faith in the workplace. Sure, yeah. Uh, and so what does that look like when uh, when you take your relationship with God into a place of business, mm-hmm. when you take it into your nine-to-five? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, I love that. Uh, I think Pastor Chris described it as uh, finding purpose in your pain. Yeah. Um, and that you're, you're going through a painful emotion, mm-hmm. uh, but there there can be purpose found in it. There can mm-hmm. be purpose found through it. Uh, and even if, even if there isn't purpose in it, there's purpose after it, Mm -hmm. uh, that God's not done with you. And so you got to get through this thing so that you can keep moving Mm -hmm. forward in what God has called you to. Uh, so I love that purpose. Um, this idea of routine, uh, man, it's so beneficial. Uh, I think that a lot of people would benefit more in their life if they created a routine and followed it. Uh, and I think a lot of people run into issues and stressors in their life because they don't have routine or, you know, for some it's, it's a good indication, at least for me, it's a good indication when I'm out of routine, Mm -hmm. it means that there's something out of balance in my life. And, and I've, I've let something, uh, creep in that, that I shouldn't allow. Uh, and so, uh, I don't know if you're a big routine person, uh, or not. Um, but, uh, man, routines can kind of make or break kind of this framework of our healthy emotions. I am an avid gym goer. Okay. Yes, my may not look like it, but if you look at pictures before, I, I look like it. Um, so being consistent at the gym, mm-hmm. even though my my schedule week to week isn't. Yeah. It is showing up yeah. is important um, to me. That's big. I I notice that my brain is my my fogginess returns yep. when I'm when I don't have the routine of going to the gym, and then also. My I have two set days that I do 
like the long like long worship at home so and devotion so my saturday mornings and then my monday evenings are dedicated to um whether it's listening to a message so sometimes most so saturdays get me ready for sundays Mm -hmm. and then mondays restore me from sundays yeah i get that (laughs) That i get that when you're working in ministry sunday is a that's a big day And so my Monday through Friday still has devotion and prayer time. It's Mm -hmm. just really intentional on Saturdays and Monday nights. And I notice if I miss it. Oh, yeah. Like it is. I'm so sorry, God. (laughs) But I feel that emptiness, what it does, um, being in the word, being and then sealing it with worship. That is like my routine on Saturdays and Mondays. So I'm good. Like I can tell through my whole Monday through Friday, through that whole week. I did good Monday night, yeah. you know, or I did good, you know, Saturday. That was a powerful time in worship at the house by myself. And it, it impacts my entire week. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I, literally growing up, I heard my mother frequently, not frequently, frequently, but several times look at my father and say, you haven't read your Bible today, have you? Because mm. he got a little snippy with something or he just, he wasn't quite in the right headspace. And it, she just, she would just look at him and be like, you didn't read your Bible today, did you? And mm. he's like, no, not yet. <laughs> and like, it, man, it really does have an effect. Um, uh, and what's, what's scary about that is if, if you don't see the effect of it, it's because you haven't had enough of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you don't feel the withdrawal of it if you never had it to begin with. Right. Uh, and so creating that routine of, of getting into scripture, getting into worship, mm-hmm. getting that quiet time with God, uh, man, it's so vital. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really does make a huge difference in impact in uh, how we handle these emotions. So if you want to have healthy emotions, I mean, Jesus said in, in Matthew, like the, the, the wise builder uh, built his house on the strong foundation and the winds came and the storms came mm-hmm. and the water rose, uh, but the house stood its ground. And so uh, what that means to me is that when we build this emotional house on a strong foundation with good supports, then when the stuff comes, because life happens to all of us, the, the rain falls on the just and the unjust That's alike. Right. Like we, we all go through trials and tribulations and turmoil and just bad days and all of it. The house that stands strong is the one that's got that foundation that's built up that that strong uh, framework. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we just get to decorate the house. Uh, and that's when those emotions, you, you can feel them and you can process through them and it's healthy and it's usually done quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't you don't really battle these three week or three month or three year long right. battles of depression because like, look, I got my strong foundation. Uh, I know what I've built my life on. Um, I, I've got the right relationships we're mm-hmm. connected in the right ways i've got this framework of purpose uh and and of routine and i've, I've got all of this in place yeah. so now when i feel the feelings i, I can process through it mm-hmm. uh and so that's that's what the goal is that's that's where the i think the the healthy process for for emotions comes in I agree. the question is uh how do you get there uh and if for somebody that's listening right now that says you know what my my foundation sucks uh, my walls are in tatters. I, I don't even know to where to begin. Like, what what would be your encouragement to somebody that's like, look, I've I've been I've recognized that I'm in a a place place of depression. I recognize that right now, uh, I've allowed an emotion, whatever that emotion is, drive. What what's the starting point? What's kind of your closing thought of, hey, if this is you right now, here's where you start. Yeah, start with prayer. Yeah. Um, and it is not having the right words. I don't know if there's such a thing as yeah. having the right words. It could be something as simple as saying, God, help. Yeah. And the Bible tells us to cast our cares on him. Mm-hmm. And so we can do that. And 
he is not intimidated by our emotions, by what yeah. we're feeling, what we're going through. There's not one that we can't take to him. Yeah. He can handle all of them. He can handle our anger. He can handle our our emotions that are towards him. Maybe it's, you yeah. know, maybe you're mad at God about yeah. something. He That's can, very real. Yeah, he can handle that too. Yeah. So the real, like knowing that God hears you, going in with confidence, God, here's where I'm at and here's where I need you. And I'm giving you these emotions. I think that is the best starting point. Yeah. Um, and then getting connected to a body of believers mm -hmm. who can begin holding you accountable. Yeah. You know, if it's uh, if it's downloading the version app and it's sending you a verse a day. Yeah. Just letting letting the word slowly start to feed you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a I great love it. starting place. Yeah. Beautiful. I couldn't have said it better myself. That's mm -hmm. if, if we can start with God. Yeah. You start with God, uh, then get connected to the right people. Mm -hmm. uh, and the right people for you may be to go see a counselor. Yeah. Maybe to call your doctor and just say, hey, uh, yeah. I'm, I've been battling this thing for way That's too long. I, I don't know. I may, I may need medication. Mm -hmm. Can Can you help me navigate that? Mm -hmm. um, but having the right people, oh, man, it's so pivotal. Mm -hmm. Start with God. Get connected to the right people. Create a routine in your life. Mm -hmm. Spend some time in worship. Mm -hmm. And you got this. Yep. You'll be all right. All right. You can do it. Hey. There's always hope, right? There is, always. That's, that's a beautiful thing. All right, well, thank you so much, Kristen, for hanging out. Yeah. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us for this episode of Between Sermons. We hope to see you again next week. God bless.